Welcome back to the Stories from Southwest Virginia podcast. Southwest Virginia is a location as unique as its people, and we pride ourselves on rich cultural heritage, food, music, and the arts. Stories from Southwest Virginia tells the stories of this amazing region that we live in. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Well, Justin, thank you for joining me today. Um, I'm very pleased to have you here. I know we're in a lot different environment than we was the last time. Last time we was at was it Crystal Springs in Withville? Yes, that's correct. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we got to see, well, while I was on the trip, saw a couple salamanders and a crayfish, I believe it was, correct? Yeah. Little fish. I call them little fish with claws because <laughs> yeah. I kept forgetting the name. And then after I left, you guys found a rattlesnake. We very unexpectedly found a, a, a pretty good-sized timber rattlesnake just crossing the creek randomly. Wow. Uh, so I'd never seen one at that low of elevation there. I've seen them up higher in the mm-hmm. in the mountains around there, but yeah, it was a good it was a good teaching experience for the kids to you know how how to be careful, but uh, you know not not to be afraid of things you know essentially until you learn and educate yourself about them. So that was it was cool. Yeah, and uh, and maybe in a minute I'll, I'll get you to kind of give us uh, everybody listening some advice, like if we were to see a snake in the wild. But I guess for starters, sure. for everybody listening. You know, I'm talking with Justin from White Blaze Outdoors, but I'll, I'll let you kind of introduce yourself to everybody and explain what it is that you do uh, with White Blaze Outdoors. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, I'm Justin Harris. Um, I've lived in the area for all of my 36 years so far, and I uh, went to Emory and Henry College, graduated there with uh, with a biology degree, and I, and I studied tropical biology and herpetology on the side, which herpetology is the study of reptiles and amphibians specifically. Uh, so yeah, two, three years ago, I got the idea of starting um, White Blaze Outdoors. I used to work in Damascus uh, several years ago at one of the bike rental and shuttle places, uh, which is now called Bicycle Junction. Um, worked there, so I got the experience in outdoor tourism. I knew kind of where the demographic of people are traveling to our area from. And uh, I was uh, kind of thinking like, you know, after you ride the creeper trail for a day or two, you know, what else people always would ask, what else is there to do in the area uh, as far as like outdoor stuff? Um, so yeah, I started thinking about starting a guided hiking company and that's where white blaze outdoors was born from. And so, yeah, I'm a couple years into this now still learning and, and, uh, still growing slowly. So yeah, that's where we're at. Yeah. Well, that's definitely a super cool idea. I know you and I were talking earlier that there's just not, a lot of things like that around here as far as these extensive guided hikes and stuff. And, and I know you offer different types of hikes. So rather, you know, like the group we went with was, was a kid's group. And so you were teaching about different types of uh, animal life and, and different things along trails and things. So what types of, what different types of hikes do you have available? Yeah, that was, um, that was another big thing in my mind when I started this was, I know there are a select few people that just don't know the area and they're looking for someone to show them where to hike or, you know, to feel comfortable and safe. Uh, but that extra piece of the majority of the tours and the hikes we offer have an educational piece to them. Uh, so a lot of our hikes are what we call nature hikes, I guess. Um, and that is like we do, you know, we teach about salamanders or reptiles or amphibians. Uh, I'm still a novice on wildflowers. I'm trying to learn more about wildflowers, um, but I could take people and show you good spots where wildflowers are. I may just not know every single one of them. Uh, so yeah, some of the types of tours, uh, we offer anything from 
like a very beginner, you know, I've had two and three year old, uh, three year olds join me on some of these trips wow. with their parents up to, you know, uh, I had a three day backpacking trip, uh, last month in the Grayson Highlands area. Um, so yeah, and I try to offer as many things, uh, different lengths and, and difficulties. So anywhere from like two hours to a couple of days, if you want to go on one of our tours. That's super cool. And I guess you have a, like a wide span of places you go and, and probably different reasons for going to different places. Like, I guess, well, one, the scenery is going to be different from, say, Grayson Highlands to the Crystal Springs or, or Hidden Valley Lake. But do you find that certain tours fit better based on maybe like more likely to see certain types of wildlife or, or, or like you were saying, the flowers or things like that? Is, is that going to like factors as to why you choose certain areas? Or are they just areas you like? A little both. Mm-hmm. Um, and then most of the tours, you know, I'm trying to keep in mind that um, I don't want to take someone somewhere insanely crazy to where, you know, we might fall and get hurt and then we got an issue on our hands. So most of the tours we do are, are pretty, I would say, moderate to easy. I do have like one or two that I would rate as very challenging and I would definitely screen and ask you a lot of questions before I would take you on, <laughs> on one of those. So that, that location, the location part has a lot to do with places that I'm very familiar with. I've been there multiple times myself. I know that there's um, most likely going to be some wildlife or wildflowers there, something cool that people can see and experience they walk away with that they're like, hey, I'm glad I did this. This was pretty neat. And it's relatively, uh, you know, a custom, uh, customizing your trip to your experience level and, and your needs as a, as a hiker. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I would factor in most of the location part. And we do offer uh, different trips from Withful, Virginia, and then over into some parts of Tennessee as well. Okay. Uh, but yeah, within an hour driving radius, pretty much from Abingdon, Virginia, is where our tours are located. Gotcha. So it sounds like you have definitely a big cover range of places to go. And I guess I, I keep thinking about like, like the whole idea of the snake the other day. And I think that's something, you know, a lot of people probably think about when they're maybe out exploring. I don't really think about them. I put it in the back of my mind. I'm, I'm always observant to make sure, you know, there's no and predators or, or, you know, anything like a snake or something nearby. I've personally never encountered one that I know of. I mean, I'm sure I've walked right past them. I haven't seen them. Yeah. But in the event you were to encounter a snake that maybe is a little bit more threatening because maybe mm-hmm. it's venomous or something, what do you do in a situation like that? Like, Yeah, so the best advice for sure is to uh, just stop and observe what's going on. If that snake is just, um, most of the times you see a, a venomous snake in particular, it's going to be lying still mm-hmm. uh, somewhere because they rely on their camouflage they're maybe laying there either for sun or laying there waiting for a food item to come by um so if you see one the the best advice for sure do not try to mess with it uh if there's one crossing the trail which is really as as many hours and miles i've spent hiking trails i don't see that very often uh i can think of a handful or less times in my life where i've actually seen a venomous snake on the trail Uh, but if that happens yeah back away uh just wait until that snake crosses the trail and moves on um there's not very many venomous snake bites in the united states every year but the majority of the ones that do happen are because people are trying to 
to either pick the snake up or they're trying to beat it with a stick or, mm. or um, you know, something like that. So mm. that's my best advice for sure is to just let it be. You know, it's in its natural habitat. Um, snakes really aren't very aggressive once you get to know them. Um, and we, I know we have, most people have a fear of snakes for whatever reason, if it's innate in you or if it's taught to you. Um, but yeah, they're really not out to get people by any means. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's me. I'm, I'm not really afraid of snakes. Spiders is more my thing. Like that's what I don't like. But, uh, yeah, I know a lot of people oftentimes will mention things about snakes and and maybe you can clarify this. This is something that's always been told to me is that, um, during like shedding season for some of these snakes, they will tend to maybe have more likely of a chance to attack because they, where they're shedding, sometimes they can't really see properly. Is that something true? That's true to a point. Yeah. Because they, they do, um, they do have a hard time seeing, especially during a couple of days where they're they're the scales over their eyes are clouded over. Uh, so they do become more uh, defensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, even pet snakes are like that to an extent. Um, okay. So yeah, there's, but there's not really a quote snake shedding season uh, because a snake only sheds its skin uh, when it grows out of its old skin. Oh, okay. So it depends yeah. on when uh, and how much food it's actually acquiring during, during the active season. Gotcha. It could shed its skin a couple times during, you know, the six or seven months that they're active out in, in the wild. So, uh, but yeah, to an extent, if you see one that's clouded over, yeah, definitely don't mess with that one. It could be a little more cranky. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's some pretty <laughs> solid advice. Um, now talking about like other animals you might encounter on these hikes, Yeah, you know, we, we also saw the salamanders and the crayfish, but uh, you know, whether it's a, a, a predator or, or a harmless creature, what are some other types of uh, wildlife you might encounter or try to find while you're on these tours? Yeah, for me, um, salamanders are definitely another big one. Um, we do encounter uh, deer and turkey on some of the uh, hikes that we offer. I haven't had a bear encounter yet on one of my guided hikes. I've had several on my own, but never on, on a trip with, with people. Most of the time, you get four or five people out in the woods, a bear is going to hear and smell you coming uh, way before you even have an encounter. I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the like nature hikes for kids, we just go to a creek. We'll get in the creek. We'll flip over rocks, find whatever. Uh, I just had one a few days ago at Steel Creek Park in Bristol, and um, we had a lot of different insects that we were catching, uh, different millipedes. I was teaching about the difference between centipedes and millipedes. Cool. Um, we had several frogs that day, nice. several different salamanders. And uh, we did these a couple of the water snakes in the creek. Um, so yeah, just it's kind of like a a hands on, bring your kids, let them get dirty, let them have fun, playing in the creek, and see what we come up with. And uh, yeah, it's usually a lot of fun for kids, especially. Yeah, it definitely sounds like a really good time. And I know you mentioned the frogs. I was in, I think it was Giles County. We were in the Narrows, and I forget the name of the trail that they took me on, but there was these. I guess, cute little frogs we saw along the way. It was almost like those little, remember when we were like kids and you got like the rainforest magazines and they had these Mm. neat looking little frogs. They looked like that. They had these big old buggy eyes and these little tiny bodies. I don't know what kind that would be. Um, They weren't like super colorful. They were just like green and brown and stuff, but 
Um, it was different from the normal frogs I'm used to seeing. So I don't know if that was like, I mean, they would fit in the palm of my hand. They were kind of sounds like it could have been our, our gray tree frogs. Maybe. Um, yeah, that sounds kind of what it'd be. That's, I'm trying to think of Giles County. If you start getting into the other tree frog species in the state, I'm not sure, but right here in this area, we just have the one, the gray tree frog. Cool. Okay. The only tree frog species we have. Yeah, that was that was definitely a, a really cool encounter because, yeah. you know, it's not every day I get to go out and just see a frog. I mean, I know in my backyard alone I get to see uh, uh, rabbits and groundhogs and foxes and, and a plethora of birds, a variety of those. But yeah. uh, f- for where I live, not so much. But now if I start getting out and traveling the areas. But, uh, yeah, I think it's fantastic what you're doing because – it, it, it seems like it's there, there's a lot of variety for everybody. Like you were saying, if you're young or if you're older and want to do the longer hikes and, and the overnight stays. And I guess on those overnight tours, do you teach like like any type of like survival skills or anything like that? Is that included in the hikes too? And, and like just some general like camping knowledge and stuff? Yeah. So the, the three-day trip we had, you know, it was uh, a lot of college guys that does their first experience backpacking. Mm-hmm. So the, actually the day of we met up and uh, we did a, a gear check and a gear list. And I went through how to pack your pack properly for, you know, a multi-day trip. And here's the items and here's the kind of ratio of weight that you want to try mm. to carry. Um, some of those guys use like two-person tents. So one person would carry the tent and the, uh, their buddy or their partner would, would add up some of their additional items to, to uh, even out the weight. So, okay. yeah, uh, and then uh, during that trip, a lot of the guys, you know, just uh, were having questions for me about, you know, how to set up your hammocks and your tents properly and uh, just a lot of gear questions. So mm-hmm. For someone who's starting out as a novice hiker, um, and we do provide all the gear for you if, if you need it, uh, even on the multi-day trips. Uh, so, yeah, that's something that we can definitely help with and teach is uh, to try to make your uh, experience the most pleasurable because if you ever been on a trip with 50 60 pounds in a pack it gets pretty rough pretty quick oh yeah so <laughs> you're trying to teach people how to limit um limit what they take for sure yeah and and i think that that's something i would like to try to do before long is to do at least one to two overnights because I've, I've never actually went like backpacking I've, I've been camping you know yeah. we go to like bear tree or hungry mother or wherever yeah but that's that's not the same that's a whole different experience you know i can just yeah. if i if i get too cold or too hot i can just run in my car and <laughs> cut on the car and, and i'm good to go or if i need to go to the store i can do that but i think you know even from like a photography standpoint being able to get out to some of these places where there's no light pollution and take some really cool yeah. like astral photography or just like uh, long exposure landscape photos at night. Like, I think that would be a lot of fun. And it sounds like probably a lot of these locations you're going to, aside from like the moon and maybe some flashlights you have, that's all the light you got out there. So, yeah, that is, that is cool. Especially up, uh, even if you ride, if you've been on the Virginia creeper trail, um, up at the green cove and mm-hmm. white top station area at night, right after dark, it's a whole n- another world that you can, and there's not much light pollution up there at all. Wow. Okay. Uh, so yeah, um, I've been riding bikes up there before. With, this has been several years ago with some guys and everyone just stopped and just kind of, and looked up in awe for a few minutes at the, the way you can see the stars differently mm-hmm. than you can down, down here. It is pretty cool. And yeah, a lot of the places you go, um, 
you can have really once-in-a-lifetime experiences. On the trip that I keep referring back to the, with the three-day trip with a, with a group of guys, uh, we actually added a mile and a half onto our second day hmm. because we found a rock outcrop that we thought it was facing west. And uh, when we were hiking earlier that day, we said this would be a really, maybe an epic sunset if we can catch it right. Hmm. And so we went back and, and uh, hiked up to the, the rock and, um, and watched the sunset. And it was, I mean, I've seen a lot of sunsets and it was, it was pretty, I know epic's like a, a word that people throw out a lot and overuse maybe, but it, it was pretty legit. And um, the cloud, like Mount Rogers, with that being the elevation, was making its own weather. It was making its own cloud. Wow. And the cloud kept rolling across the sun as the sun was as setting. So you get some really unique experiences, especially when you get up higher in our mountains around here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, sunset sets. Something I've been trying to think about is like some places to go, uh, you know, capture more sunsets. It's not something I have a very vast collection of. Uh, so I guess what are, what are some of your favorite locations that you've been to around here or that you offer to go to that would be good places to go see sunsets or that you could take people out to see those? Yes, we actually do have a overnight trip called the sunset trip. Okay. Cool. Um, and that is a, it's a good beginner overnight trip. It's on the Holston mountain trail mm-hmm. and it's just a four mile hike out to what's called Flint rock. Okay. And uh, at Flint Rock, there is an incredible view of South Holston Reservoir. You can see almost the entire reservoir. Wow. Um, so that is a good place, a really good place for a sunset if you, you know, if it's not cloudy or if the weather permitting. Um, that and then, like I said, there's multiple places you can find in the, in the Highlands area mm-hmm. uh, because there's a lot of big boulders and bouldering opportunities in the Highlands area where you can get up above the tree line and see some really nice sunsets. Nice. Uh, but that, yeah, that Flint Rock location is, um, is one of the hikes we offer. Uh, if, you, if you can time the weather, you know, hit the weather right. Um, and like I said, it's just a four-mile hike, and you camp, and you uh, have breakfast the next morning, and then hike four miles back out. Uh, so it's a, it's a short mm-hmm. overnight trip. So it's, yeah. like I said, it's good for a beginner trip. Yeah, so that sounds like something, like for myself, that's never actually backpacked overnight before might be a good way for me to get a taste of it see if it's something i enjoy sure and then if i do then we could go into like something a little bit longer and see how it goes but yeah i think that would be wonderful um and and i'm excited to learn more about like the different things you have to offer and, and by taking part myself uh on some of these journeys i just have to narrow it down to which one's going to work best and uh for anybody listening too you know, this is an amazing opportunity for one to learn more about like nature in Southwest Virginia, but to be able to see things that your average visitor to the region or probably even some, a lot of locals have never experienced before. Um, you know, a lot of us are familiar with more of the, the big name trails and recreation areas and stuff, and they're beautiful and they're fantastic. But to find out about some of these other areas that maybe are a little lesser traveled by some of us around here, like me, you know, I've been to Grayson Highlands and, and uh, Hidden Valley Lake and some of these places, but there's only so far I explored. Like I was telling you earlier, you know, I've been going to Hidden Valley Lake for probably 15 years and just learned last year that there's rock climbing up there. And then you just informed me a little bit ago, there's a, a little trail you can veer off to that has this amazing view and overlook. 15 years going to the same place and never knew about it. So obviously there's, there's tons of hidden gems throughout Southwest Virginia. It sounds like you have a great list of those. 
And so if anybody's listening, wants to find some of them, definitely be sure to check out Justin's White Blaze Outdoors. And, and Justin, is there anything else that you'd like to tell everybody today that maybe I forgot about or you just want to throw out there how they can get in contact with you and book their tours? Yeah, sure. To get in contact with us, uh, whiteblazeoutdoors.com uh, is your best avenue. Uh, all of the different tours are listed on there, and you can contact me directly through phone or via email contact forms on the website. Um, only other thing I would add really is that, uh, I mean, our mission and our vision for this really is that we want to get people out uh, no matter who you are, no matter what background you're from and, and let you experience the therapy that I think nature brings to us all. Yeah. Especially in the, in the times we've been in, in the last couple of years, uh, there's a lot of, of mental health issues going on with folks. Uh, so for me personally, man, getting out and hiking is the best thing to like de-stress or if you're, if you're dealing with anxiety or anything like that. Um, it's just, it's a, I don't know. I think, I think there's something for everyone out yeah. being out on the trail, uh, disconnecting from whatever's going on in, in your personal world and personal life. So uh, that's a big thing for us is that we, uh, we also like to try to provide some kind of therapeutic outreach for folks when we take them out on the tours and um yeah love seeing people enjoy uh, maybe you know getting out for the first time or the hundredth time um and, and just enjoying what's out there and what we offer and what the nature offers yeah most definitely i i can 100 percent relate to that i know uh, last year especially was a rough time for a lot of people definitely a lot of anxiety felt and, yeah. and you could see so many people flocking to nature and I think a lot of it had to do with that therapeutic qualities I mean the sights the sounds the smells and and there's nothing quite like one of my favorite things to do if I was ever at a high peak of anxiety or panic or even having panic attacks I remember if I would feel a panic attack coming on for me mine felt a lot like a heart attack so I'd have a racing heart I'd be sweating and freaking out and just going crazy yeah so I would basically give my body the opposite of what it thought it wanted. And I would go out onto a trail and just run. I would yeah. leave my phone in the car, my Apple watch and all that. I would just leave it behind and then just running and just hearing everything around me and just breathing in the fresh air. I it would just feel better. It's, sure. it's, it's wild how uh, therapeutic you said that nature is. It's very healing. Uh, just a little bit of vitamin D goes a long way too. So, <laughs> yep. Yep. It was great. But Justin, thanks so much for sharing that. I know that's that's just an added bonus to everything you're already doing. And for everybody listening, you know, definitely be sure to check this out. Uh, Justin would happily uh, show you some beautiful places here in Southwest Virginia, teach you some amazing things about uh, nature and just the region and some of the wildlife. So if you're very interested, hop over to his website at White Blaze Outdoors. I'll have all that information linked in the show notes, wherever you're watching us from, whatever platform. No excuses. Go out there and explore Southwest Virginia and do it in a safe way with Justin at White Blaze Outdoors.